Was it double game week doom and gloom for you or did you prosper? It is the FPL Surgery Podcast. Welcome back, listeners, for episode 130 of the Fantasy Football uh, Podcast that is known as the FPL Surgery. See how I rescued that <laughs> ice man? No, you still didn't. Doesn't, still doesn't slip no, off the tongue. Yeah, so we are, we're just coming towards the end of the uh, the double game week. Uh, Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, Spurs and Brighton, Saints, Watford are just seeing out their games for the evening. And uh, we're back to review the coming game week, aren't we, Iceman? We are. And uh, yeah, we've just lost a load of clean sheets there, which you're distraught with. Absolutely gutted. But we'll, uh, we'll mourn those on the podcast. We've got a great guest with us who is an absolute master in the arts of poker. Actually, the president of the Norwegian Poker Federation has played in the Poker World Series as well. Incredibly impressive. Uh, welcoming it to the podcast. He's pretty handy at FPL as well. Sigurd. Eskeland, welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's an it's an honour and a pleasure. Great to have you on board. Now, tell us a bit about the uh, the poker background first of all. Well, the, the poker background leads into my FPL background, so it's kind of uh, the I guess I can just do the whole story because I've always been very interested in in games and strategic games in in particular. So even as a child and growing up, um, I used to play a lot of card games and then. I played strategic games when I was a young, young male, young adult, and then then I got interested in poker. And in 2010, I, I I decided to quit my job to try to play professionally. I did that for for years, and then uh, did quite well. And then I was selected the, uh, the Norwegian poker president in 2013, and and uh, has been that since. But but my interest in FPL comes from the poker interest because I was a football fan when I was young, but then yeah. I kind of interest. Yeah, there's so many friends that played FPL, and they encouraged me to start playing. So I started playing, and then I rediscovered my love for football. So it's the game of FPL that's always been most important to me. And then I've got the added bonus of uh, of re- rejuvenating my my football interest because of it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, I can see how the the poker background would influence the FPL, and this could actually be a, a massive poker tactic you're using. You could be playing the whole of FPL to your benefit this game week. The thing is. What I'm trying to do is I'm building up my Twitter account, the FPL president, so I can yep. influence the whole FPL to do exactly yep. what I want and, <laughs> and win the whole thing. So it's just all plan, all part of the big plan. Wow, that's no, a you... big, big plan in the making. Yeah. That's a trying, grand, villainous plan. Thinking ahead, thinking ahead. Mm. I love it. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what uh, ideas, false or correct, that you uh, pose to the listeners on this podcast. Um the FPL headlines for this week, what teams beside Liverpool and City should we look to invest in for the rest of the season? Who are the top three differential players to go for if you want to make up some ground in your mini leagues? Can hits still be justified with only three game weeks left to go? Do we think Klopp will play his strongest team until the end of the season with the Champions League being a hindrance? And uh, Beach Boys, are there any teams to avoid? So let's start by uh, talking about our game weeks, how we've got on in this double um, Iceman, let me come to you first. Yeah, so obviously, we're, again, we're midway through it. So I'm currently on 86. So I was on 94 just now. I went up to 961, but I've just gone down to 1,171. And I captained Aguero, so I've still got his points to come. Got Lacazette, Yotta, Kalasnach, and Sterling to come. So quite a few players to come, so I'm still quite hopeful for a nice little rise. Yeah, still very impressive. Like, as you say, heartbreaking about the... Uh, 
the last minute loss of considerable clean sheets, but that is a FPL for you. Sigurd, how about you? How have you got on? Yeah, I'm currently on 85. Yeah, took a hit because I got in Van Dijk and Lorente. I did the mix because of the Dini red card. Looks like I'm on 31k at the moment, which is a decent rise from 42k. Uh, still got quite a few players. Got Sterling, Captain Aguero, Doherty, Jimenez, and uh, Leno uh, for tomorrow. So hopefully, at least I can make it past 100 would be good. And then, you know, move on from there. I, I like the selection of Leno. I did talk to the Iceman about going for Leno, but he spat at me, so I didn't in the end. <laughs> uh, he didn't literally spit at me. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that comes out. You've both got really good players still left in the game week. Like yourselves, I've had highs and lows. I've still got about eight players left to play. A Sterling captaincy to go uh, and Lacazette. So I'm hoping to get some big points off them to move up overall. But let's go back to the FPL headlines for the time being. So um, actually, before I do that, Iceman, let me mention the Patreon. So this week we've had some brilliant interaction on the Slack channel to do with Patreon, patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. If you want to support the podcast, get involved with our, our Slack channel, have the opportunity to join our various competitions and win prizes. Head to the website. You can support us at any level, small or big. It all helps us to give more back to you as listeners. And yet, as we've said, all of our, our guests get invited back into the uh, Slack channel so you get to learn from FPL's best. Yes, you do. We have many people in there now. And uh, Sigurd, you will be joining us as well, if that's okay. Looking forward to it, absolutely. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So um, let's get back to the FPL headlines then. So what teams beside Liverpool and City should we look to invest in for the rest of the season? Um, Richard Nickvist has asked Triple City or Triple Liverpool for the last three game weeks. By the way, I love that handle at Vinyl Richie. Brilliant. Uh, let's go to you, to you first on this one, Sigurd. Yes, I've been looking at the fixtures, and I think that's. Uh, I think there's a couple of things that you want to look at right now at, at this point of the season. Fixtures is one, and also ideally you want teams that are motivated by something to play for or something else. I think Southampton is an interesting team. They have great fixtures. They have Bournemouth at home, they have West Ham away, and then Huddersfield at home in their last three matches. And they still, I mean, they're still not completely safe. They can theoretically still go down. And also, it seems to me that Nishiru has managed to keep them motivated. So I think that's, you know, an interesting team to possibly invest in. And then um, another one, surprisingly, is Fulham. Yeah, um, I'm in agreement with Fulham. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's interesting. They, they won two in a row, kept two clean sheets, actually. They have Cardiff at home, Wolves away, and Newcastle at home. And they are down, but, you know, they don't have anything to lose now. And they, you know, seem to be maybe pre- preparing for next year. So I think, you know, it's it's interesting with Fulham and uh, something to look for. There are a couple of players that could be, could be good. Then, yeah, uh, you say playing for next year. I, I say playing for January transfer, January rather uh, summer transfer moves. Yeah, potentially, there's a few there that want to stay in the top flight. Yeah, that too, perhaps. Oh, Those are the two, oh, and then there are a lot of teams with question marks. But uh... yeah, see, I'm I'm going to back up your your Fulham point there because I have looked at um, we've got a second headline in terms of differential, and I've got a couple of players there which I want to talk about. But the Fulham one, they've got to the two home games against Cardiff and Newcastle, and then they've got Wolves away to finish the season. So I thought I'd look at the stats and see how Scott Parker was kind of setting them up over the last six and four. And over the last four, Fulham are above United, Man United, above Arsenal for shots on goal. They're fourth behind City, Chelsea and Everton for big chances total over the last four as well. They are doing well. They seem to be giving a lot more effort. Mitrovic seems to be a 
getting involved. Even on match of day, he was saying, you know, the fans deserve better. And I think they're trying to provide it for them now. And they're looking some good options there in terms of Babel, Mitrovic, even the likes of Rico and goal, maybe just for save points. But I, I am looking at their attacking options more than their, their defenders. There's quite a few there. I mean, if, you, if you're looking at the other teams, Southampton can be on and off. And it's never really one which uh, I'm that enamoured with. I'm, I'm always wary of uh, what's going to happen. Brighton, they're scrapping. Cardiff, can't really rely on them. Crystal Palace are actually a team which I, I've looked at. Just for their fixtures going forward, and, and the likes of Zaha, he could be one which could be a major differential going through into the rest of the season. And he is one that I'm actually considering for this week. Uh, there are some teams around there. What about, um? what's your thoughts on Newcastle, Sigurd? Let me just say something about Palace because because they were on my list too. Um, they were on my list with a question mark because with their last result, they made the 40-point benchmark. So I'll be interested to see if that sort of changes I mean, you know, their motivation. But if it doesn't, their fixes are really, really good. So... So yeah, and Newcastle, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's they have I think two away games left, left, and unsure. They don't have anything to play for anymore. They're they're already safe, so it depends on not terribly convinced. Two away games against Bournemouth and Fulham, and then the home game at Liverpool. I think aren't Newcastle exactly the same uh, wins, losses, draws, goals for and against? <laughs> yeah, they are. From as last, last season, that is yeah. absolute. That's progress, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. That's. Do, 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 are you chaps interested in Iosi Perez then? Because he is the man in form. He's he's kept them up. He loves the end of the season. Are we expecting him to go flat now, or could it be a differential? I'm, I'm never really that happy with his numbers, Perez. I mean, he has got six in six now, Perez, and he seems to be flourishing with uh, Rondon up front. Rondon does create a lot for him. Some people are looking at him, not necessarily for me, but I, I looked into it. The stats aren't great, but seems to be playing well. <sighs> He has had eight attempts in the last six, all in the box, so he seems to be getting in the box and getting those chances, but he's only had two big chances, so might be worth a punt as he is in form. Yeah, and, and Newcastle have Brighton away, who should be fighting against relegation, so they might open up more. But then they've got Liverpool at home, which is kind of a void game, but then they have uh, Fulham away to finish the season, so he's 1.7% owned, maybe as as a punt, but... I don't know, maybe there were better options around that particular price bracket. Okay, so any other teams you want to throw into that there? So we've talked about Newcastle, Southampton, Palace. Anyone else you think that still has something to play for that we can, you know, what about the top four running? Everton? Well, Everton is interesting because they're playing really well, but I think we just have to mention Man United. Uh, Not because they've been playing well, because they haven't. their Their last two matches away to Huddersfield, home to Cardiff. So I think we have to pay attention to the match tomorrow and then the Chelsea game and see if there's any sign of improvement. And if they are, I think a lot of people will, you know, attempt to move in on some offensive Man United players. But but I think it depends because there has to be a change. But if it comes, the potential is there for the last two matches, I think. Yeah, it's knowing which one to go for, isn't it? I mean, Marshall doesn't seem to be bothered. Pogba can only score penalties. Rashford hasn't hit target for a while. Lukaku seems to have gone off the bounce a little bit. It's very tricky to know who to bring in. Obviously, you, you had Lukaku scoring two goals and one after another against Palace and Southampton, but he's blanked for the last, what, four games. So, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Their defence, you can't rely Rash- on. Rashford would be the one. Yeah, because, I think you know, he would. Because he has yeah, many, many ways of getting points with, you know, some set pieces and, and things like that. But, again, it really has to be... You have to see some change there first. You have to see some motivation and... 
them actually doing well in all the next two games. And if they don't, they're just going to stay away, I think. But, yeah, I, can't, I can't believe how much they've gone to bits. It's shocking, isn't it? It's just, yeah, definitely. After they did so well. But um, yeah, okay. Shall we move on to our, our next one then? So uh, top three differential players to go for if you want to make up some ground in your mini league. So Sigurd, what do you think about that? So I'm going to try a cheeky little uh, Mitrovic from Fulham here. Mm. Um, if you look at the last uh, six matches, he has the most goal attempts of all players in FPL. He has 27 goal attempts, which, you know, you know, that's that's a lot of uh, chances. And some of them are headed, but not all of them. And, and then we all we already said the fixtures are good and they've been playing well. So I think that's, you know, his ownership is... It's still 10%, but I'm suspecting that's a lot of dead teams yeah. because I don't think many of the active teams uh, have him now. So I think he's um, could be an interesting shout. Yeah, I agree with the, the Mitrovic shout on that one because he's, just, he's, he's actually top of the charts for all metrics at the moment in terms of shots, shots in the box, shots on target in the last four and last six. As we know, he is a proven goal scorer. He's not been doing it this season, but as I mentioned earlier, after the game, he has said he wants to do it with the fans now. I could see a, a few goals from Fulham, to be fair. Yeah, they know they're relegated. They're playing for the shirt, and as Billy mentioned, they're kind of playing for a transfer next next season. So, who knows them? I think he's a great shout. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I wanted to mention Sigurdsson as one of my three, just because, you know, he's been playing really well, and Everton seemed to have found some new... Motivation been doing really, really well, especially at home. The fixtures aren't amazing, but they have Palace away, Burnley at home, and Spurs away. And just with him, you know, he's an FPL legend and so many ways of getting points. Yeah, so as well as Sergis, and I, I was impressed with Everton um, at the weekend against United, but I also like the look of Luca Dean again. He's um, flying up and down the flanks, uh, defensively moving forward. You know, we know Everton will concede, but um, he is the, again the sort of fullback that's shown he can get attacking returns. and Plenty of crosses going into the box and with the form of Richarlison getting on the end of them at the moment, um, we know he strikes a great free kick and also his goal was fantastic. So I, I could see him as a differential and someone defensively. Yeah, it's all about the kind of defensive options and I just thought people are going to be going for the midfield options a bit more and yeah, they want those attack and returns maybe up front as well. So there's not many people going to be looking for defensive options. If you are, then yeah, lucky you, you've got a, a set team and I, I am on board with the, the Sigurdsson option though. I do think Everton are doing really well and I think that people should be looking at our old uh, Richardson. He is third for shots on goal, shots in the box and big chances in the last four. And he's second to Salah for shots and shots in the box in the last six as well. So yeah, he's in an Everton side, absolutely flying. As Sigurd mentioned, they're playing Palace, Burnley and then Spurs. He scored uh, an acrobatic goal against United, so I feel like he'll be on a high. Um, Everton keeping kind of clean sheets, so he gets that extra point for him. Also, Dominic Cavett-Lewin is making a difference there. He's allowing Richarlison to play. He's such a hard-working player. One which I would kind of hate to play against as a defender myself. And he doesn't give you any time on the ball. And it also kind of opens up those Siggy and Richarlison options. Richarlison is... 15.3% owned, but among active players, he's only 1.4% owned in the top 10k, so who knows, he might be a good one to go for uh, over these next few. Yeah, I like that. I mean, just another team in blue that I wondered about was uh, was Leicester. Obviously, they haven't got great fixtures, but um, Sigurd, do, do you see any value in the likes of Vardy? You know, he's still scoring, or, you know, the, the Madisons and Tiedemans of this world? I think if you have Vardy in particular, the, the next game against Arsenal is, you know, could be a good one because Arsenal hasn't been, you know, to put it modestly, they haven't been good away 
you can say shit on the podcast yeah, if they want to. It's fine. <laughs> well, they did keep it clean, clean recently, but they that. were playing eleven against ten the, almost the whole match. But uh, yeah. but I think the problem with Vardy is the, is the price. You compare him to a player like Firmino, who has Huddersfield at home at next, to Huddersfield, Newcastle, and, and Wolves, and then and Leicester have Arsenal, and Manchester City, and Chelsea in the next three. It's you know it's. It's tough, so but obviously it costs transfer. So I'd be looking to maybe move him to Firmino if I could, but could definitely keep him for the Arsenal game. But I don't. I would not want him for the City or the Chelsea game. Yeah, see, and, we we had a, a question from uh, Fantasy Football Eye Test Dan, and he was just saying, is it worth holding on to Vardy now, considering Arsenal's poor away form? It's not just Arsenal's poor away form; it's our poor home form as well. If you look at the last game against Palace, and if Mustafi's playing, then yes, they're all definitely goals. I would keep him for this particular game and then look to maybe hold a transfer and then make some other moves, maybe change it up next week because obviously he's got some pretty hard fixtures towards the end. But remember, we always kind of said about Vardy, he kind of plays well against the, the big teams. He likes to get those counter-attacking goals. He always seems to get that one goal and then just that two bonus here and there. So he scores about seven, eight or nine points. But he is second for shots on goal over the last four with 13. That's behind Mitrovic, who's on 21. He is equal top with Wood and Wilson for big chances over the last four two. And yeah, like I say, he's playing against Arsenal. So why not? In answer to Dan's question, I'll probably keep him for this week and then maybe move on uh, next week. Um, but if we're going back to the differentials, I just wanted to mention Babel, Ryan Babel. He is a major differential in terms of he's only 0.6% owned. And as mentioned earlier, they're playing well. He has nine attempts in his last six, two goals in the last four, creating eight chances and is second to Sterling for big chances total over the last four. So he's doing well. He's also uh, 10 big chances for him since joining Fulham on his debut in uh, game week 23. No midfielder has more than him within that time. He's also got Mitrovic up top to uh, supply for. So, yeah, I think that he could be a, a really good one going forward. He seems to be quite consistent <laughs> since uh, since coming in. Yeah, I really like that Iceman. He's, uh, he stands out for Fulham, doesn't he? Not least because of the red hair. But yeah. what's really impressive is just how long he's been around. Obviously, he was at Liverpool years ago. And... Yeah, just he's still in the national team at the moment. He's talking about wanting to find a club so he can continue his, his international career, I was reading today. So I think he's motivated, he's, he's fit, and he could be really good for Fulham on the uh, the run-in as he plays for a move. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Lovely. Nice. Okay, let's, uh, let's go to our next headline then. So can hit still be justified with only three game weeks to go? Really interested to hear your view on, on hits, and particularly in this last uh, this last month, Sigurd. Yeah, so hits, I mean, I think hits with only three games, I, I usually look at hits as something like a long-term investment that I, I don't think that I'm going to get the four points back right away. I'm looking ahead and think that over a number of game weeks, the four-point hit can be repaid. So I think three game weeks is a, probably a too short window for that. I think the exception may be if there's a player you want, let's say you really want to captain Salah in the coming week and you have big faith in him. And I think I can perhaps justify it to get him in for those three games if you want to captain him or in one or two of them, then maybe. But in general, I think three game weeks is you know, a short time to make up those points. Yeah, and it also it kind of depends on your position as well. I mean, like if you're 
if you're hitting top 100k maybe you don't want to if you're lagging way behind you want to try something different go for a different player and you just need to take a hit or two just to bring them in you really think they're going to score better than the players that you've got then maybe but for me i think that like sigurd said it hits just too risky i mean like you're risking it for instant returns so you know you're hoping that the player that you remove scores nothing and even if they do they might score two points so you need your player that you bring in to score at least six points to break even i mean like what's the likelihood of that and the risk is just too high but if you are lagging behind but you know i suppose you need to try something and maybe but is but is it a good strategy to you know to take minus four if you're looking behind you just be going to be more behind so i mean i it depends on your position it really does i mean more often than not i I don't think it will succeed i think i think if you want to captain i think you can make arguments for it but i think in general if you look at almost all the top fpl players those that consistently do well yeah they seem to have in common that they take very few points it's it's just yeah. you know yeah I, I and there's a reason for it because you know you, you get minus points and it's not good obviously so and also i think people are in general too result orientated it's the same thing in poker uh, it's a similarity you know you see a result you see someone do well someone else do poorly and then you just assume it's going to continue but it's not like that so the players you are you have in your team they are there for a reason and um, it's because they have a points potential so removing one of them for a minus four is a very risky, you know, yeah, thing a, to do. It's, it's a bit like the Brighton thing last week where we did advise not to remove these Brighton players for a hit and obviously it's, it's worked out nicely. They've got a clean sheet. Ryan's got a nice eight, uh, nine points, a couple of bonus and obviously they just missed out on the clean sheet against Tottenham but they almost got it. So taking that hit definitely would have been uh, negative for your, your point score. And I do agree with the, the top managers that are successful. About nine out of ten, ten of them do not take many hits so it's, yeah, you've got to be following in those footsteps if you want to do well yeah agreed i think that's really good advice yeah absolutely i'm uh, towards the end of the season i think yeah i agree taking hits is it's very difficult to make those up and yeah strategic planning is needed ice man yeah right next headline do we think klopp will play his strongest team until the end of the season with the champions league being a hindrance Interesting one, this. So, you know, how much does Jurgen Klopp believe in the fitness of Mane, Salah and co? Uh, or are we going to see some squad rotation? What do you think, Sigurd? I think the game that's probably most at risk is the Newcastle game. Because now they have, you know, they have five days rest or something for this, this show game. And they have a Friday game. And then they have five days until the Barcelona game, which yeah. is on Wednesday. But then there's only three three days until the Newcastle game, and um, just just another, I'm just looking at um, I'm just looking at Ben Quillen's little calendar here. So you've got the Cardiff game, then you've got four days rest, and then the Huddersfield game, then another four days rest, then the Barcelona game, then two days rest, and the Newcastle game. Obviously, you worked out from uh, the the Wednesday to the Saturday, which is three days. But then after that, it's another two days rest, then the Barcelona game again. So yeah. I think I agree with you. I think this Huddersfield game is probably one which um, I don't think he needs rest. I think he just needs the points. It depends what happens in that Barcelona game, doesn't it? Whether yeah, uh, he's going to rest against Newcastle. And both both Mane, I mean Salah seems to be really fit. I mean, he's rarely rested. 
Uh, he wasn't much rested last season, so they need to win every game in order to have a chance, and they need City to concede a point somewhere. So I think I think you just I think you just have to hope <laughs> that he plays there his best team. There's probably a chance that players like uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold might get the rest of all the matches. Uh, Gomez got some minutes last game, and he has Milner to play that position. But uh, but uh, I think for the likes of Mane and Salah, you just have to take a chance. And but if if there's a rest, I think it's going to be in the Newcastle game. Yeah, Iceman. I, I do agree. I think it is a Newcastle game. It's, it's tough with the Liverpool. It's like the city, city assets, isn't it? I mean, like all their attacking stats are great. Uh, they are second to City for attacking stats over the season, but is the the defenders, which a lot of people have as well. And from the scout, uh, I got the Liverpool defenders have twenty nine FPL attackers between this season, six goals and twenty three assists. And they were involved in uh, 20 goals last season. So they are absolutely hitting it on fire. And it is Trent Alexander-Arnold who's absolutely ripping it up at the moment. His stats are 210 touches in the final third in his last six matches and 24 more than his teammate Robertson. So it looks like Alexander-Arnold is probably the one to go for if you're bringing in a defender. But like Sigurd said, he's probably more likely to get rotated and rested for this Barcelona game. So it is a tricky one. I do think that you've just kind of just got to go for it really and they're playing Huddersfield who are the worst team in the league it's just who to go for really I mean didn't we have a Richard uh, Nickfist uh, say he said uh, triple city um, or triple Liverpool for the for the last three game weeks I suppose that is a, a good question to go for between the two who would you go for Sigurd? both <laughs> <laughs> yeah same I think I think yeah I think those are the teams you want to go for they're both really, really strong defensively. You know, City scores a little bit more goals, but I think a lot of the series managers, I mean, the series managers, a lot of us already have Sterling and Aguero at this point. Those are, those are the, the wildcarded late. So it depends on who's the third one you want to get. I'm not so sure about that. So maybe Laporte. Yeah, it's just the expensive ones, aren't they? So uh, you yeah. want to spread your, your your luck in terms of with Liverpool as well. So uh, I, I would go the three Liverpool and the two City. Just uh, I would stick with the Sterling and Aguero. Yeah, I agree with that also because of the you know Liverpool has two home games and that's you know could be really important and prefer three of both if I could. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's a tricky one. Who who would you, if you could choose now, if you could scrap your team uh, and then just start again, who would be your main? Yeah, it's 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 a balance. I think I definitely want. I think I would Trent Alexander Arnold is a really strong pick because of his price and because of his you know Yami gets the clean sheet, but he also have has a big offensive threat threat with the with the set pieces. And as we saw with the last with the last match, you know, he he gets an offensive return, he gets bonus with the clean sheet, suddenly has eleven points, you know, and and that almost even if he's rested for one for one match compared to Robertson, he, he almost gained that you know back with that uh, with that score. So yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. he's one I think I'd just try to go for and take a risk and then just have a bench because it's not like let's say he's rested against Newcastle, it's likely that he just gets zero minutes and then uh, you just get someone in from the bench that has some potential like Duffy or something that has you know hopefully you can get some points instead so I think him and you want and then you want least you want Mane or Salah or, or and I think Salah is the one that has the highest potential but there's also again price a million can be really useful and I'm not sure that his higher potential will actually lead to more points with only three more games so I think probably go Mane and spend the three million elsewhere and I think 
personally, I would double up on the Liverpool defense and have a, either Robertson or Van Dijk as my third Liverpool player. Oh, that's a bit annoying, Sigurd, because I agree with you, so that makes this uh, discussion quite <laughs> boring. Yeah, well, yeah. two great minds think alike. They just, just think like that and mm. hope it's good advice. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I mean, uh, just looking at some of the other questions, I think we've covered probably most of the ones asked here. Um, Helmo from Slack was asking about uh, the best three for Huddersfield. Fantasy Jamal was asked about talking about the Liverpool third spot, Van Dijk or Salah. There's some questions here, Iceman, about uh, Triple Caps. Asked, triple Caps and Mane-related question. With Liverpool playing at Barca five days after game week 36. Do you think we should worry about... We talked about that a little bit, but Mane, triple captain? Yeah, so we, we should worry about the rotation, yeah. Uh, but I do think Mane, if, if, you're, if you're looking at this game week and you're going to captain him, then why not triple captain? Like, you've only got single game weeks left. Yeah, I, I've used my triple captaincy. But if I was to think about it now, it would be either this game week against Huddersfield or last game week, game week. 38, just because the goals are so sporadic there. It is a good one. I can definitely understand where you're coming from. If I was you, I would just whack it on Mane. The the logic and statistics say that Liverpool should do well and score a lot of goals. You don't know where it's going to come from, whether it's going to come from Salah, Mane. It could come from even Firmino. So it's a gamble and you're just going on this one game. So I would would play it this game week. I'm taking notes. I still have my triple captainship and I'm planning to play it on Mane this tournament. I think now, it's a fun thought having it for that last game week, you know, 38. Yeah, I did last year. Because, some, uh, because sometimes, you know, we have some huge scores in it, but it's not that clear who to put it on. I mean, I had some, I had an idea earlier in the season that I wanted to have it for Kane last match, but, you know, that he's not going to play now. So, no, I don't know. Um, maybe Sterling away yeah. to Brighton. Yeah, I don't know. He's still going for it, so there's no reason why I can't score loads of goals. But Brighton have suddenly decided to play with a good defence over the last. Yeah, two but, games. but the, the thing is, Brighton might be. I think Brighton probably is safe that last match. So maybe Sterling and Aguero for that last, you know, 38 match. If if, if City still needs to win, which they probably do, if Liverpool win out, then it could be interesting. But I think probably I'll just stick it on Mane now and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at Mane for that triple captain card for sure. Absolutely. Final headline, Beach Boys, are there any teams to avoid at this point? Who are you absolutely not going near the barge pole? Burnley. (laughs) <laughs> not going to have any Burnley players. That they was have. so. That was so convincingly said as well. Yeah, I was fully behind that as well. Yeah, the thing is, they just with with their results against Chelsea, they nailed their place next year. They have City at home, Everton away, and then Arsenal at home. In the last three matches, I just don't see them doing anything, honestly. Uh, so I would stay away from them for sure. That's the that's the one I'm most you know certain about. Then probably Huddersfield. Because they're rubbish and they have Liverpool and United in the next two, uh, so they're not really on the beach. They just, you know, they're just terrible. So uh, I mean, they don't have anything to play for. But yeah, so those two, I think, are clear. I, I've thought. Just gonna disagree with that. I have thought about Grant for Huddersfield, just because I, I'm looking for a striker, a cheap striker to downgrade Lacazette. So in order to get a Liverpool player for one of my uh, midfielders and Grant's not actually a bad bet. He's only five mil. Uh, He'll probably play the remaining games. I know they've got Liverpool, Man United and Southampton, but you never know. They may get goals from that. And he's been quite consistent since he joined. I think it was back in January. Um, He's got three goals, two assists. You know, he's, he's not done terribly. 
And uh, he seems to be... I, I feel like he'll probably be starting for them next season. Maybe he could be uh, a really random differential. Whether or not you want to play him or not, I'm not sure. He's only 0.1% selected. Maybe just a random punt and... Uh, I, I sh- think that's... <laughs> I, no, I think that you know I'd rather have Shane Long with limited minutes. Home, Bournemouth, away, West Ham, yeah, home, Huddersfield. <laughs> For four point six or whatever it is, and just you know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't start, he usually comes on and he's fast and he can get something. That's I just think that you know those fixtures for Huddersfield, uh, and they don't score a lot of goals anyway. So I mean, I I, the I was price just stabbing in the dark there, Sigurd. I was. <laughs> yeah, well, good try. I, I I disagree. I just I just think there are better options, and and I wouldn't go for him, especially not. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to start anyone away to no offensive players almost again away to Liverpool if you don't have to. Yeah, so. fair, fair. Yeah, the, uh, the the Shane Long stats and the quickest goal in Premier League history in six seconds. Apparently it was yeah. seven seconds. I had this argument with a colleague of mine. <laughs> I, I'm not going to argue with you, Iceman. You're welcome to seven. Uh, potato, potato, whatever yeah. you want to say. Who actually cares? Okay, either way, uh, bloody impressive. All of his own making as well. Mm-hmm. Right, well, I think that answers uh, Board's question as well, which is about teams to avoid. Um, Helmo has asked, alternative triple captain before the end of season to Liverpool versus Huddleford. I guess we've covered that one. Uh, Fancy football eye test. Is it worth holding on to Vardy? We talked about that. Uh, Jeb Kalud has asked us, do we need to bench players or three fodders is fine the remainder of the season? <laughs> I'm so put off by the dog. <laughs> You can still hear the dog. <laughs> it's actually really <laughs> funny. We'll, we'll keep this in, but yeah. keep it in. Just FYI, listeners, Bully's dog is. She's having a little or... dream. Yeah, dream. She's having a little, uh, little dream next to me. Uh, oh, yeah, best. thinking about thinking about her actions for next week. Yeah. I think actually, as she's she's kind of she's disagreeing with me <laughs> as, as I'm talking. Sounds like me. Disagreement. <laughs> yeah. So I've got two of you doing it now, and the wife, although she's asleep at the moment. So oh, there we go. I can't wait. Um, yeah. So shall we answer Jeb's question? Yeah, sure. So uh, do we need bench players or free fodders? Yeah. So if you've wildcarded, then Hoiberg, Valerie, they're not bad options. They're, they're actually going to play as well. If you want to bring in a 3.8 because it enables a better player, I don't see a problem with that. If you've got one or two bench players, then you should be fine. Yeah, I don't see a problem in, in having a couple of fodders on there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think invest the money. Absolutely, actually use it at this stage. No point in saving. Alfred Askvig has asked us, uh, why are Norwegians so good at FPL? Is there any uh, similarities by playing poker and FPL? Is Salah a must for the remainder of the season? So good, you can just answer all of those. Yeah. Uh why Norwegians are good at FPL? I mean, there's... Is, is it in the is it in the national curriculum? <laughs> yes, uh, we start we start we start when we're about thirty two. We have <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, English football has always been really really popular in in uh, in Norway, and so we're interested. A lot of us play it, and you know, we like to. You know, we have we have so much spare time in the winter where the weather is shit. So we sit outside, inside, and you know, ponder our choices. So that's probably why. <laughs> what What's the national view of Nicholas Bentner? Um, not as an option, just as a general man and sporting character. I don't know. I mean, not. I, I don't think that many are really concerned about him. I mean, he's Danish. Is, is, is he? <laughs> yeah. So he plays. He, he has played for Rosenborg, but he's Danish. And honestly, I, I follow my English bad. I he's Norwegian for a second. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, that's my bad. We have we have George King. He's our claim to fame. That's it. Yeah, he's, 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 in, he's English. Yeah. No, we have Kelvin Wilson. That's our claim. <laughs> <Yeah. to fame. laughs> 
No, but uh, as for poker and FPL, I think there are similarities because both are about making decisions based on the information you have or limited information. You know, you have in poker, you have you know, cards and you have probabilities and you have the opponents and you have your chip stacks and all these things and you're trying to make, you know, good decisions as much as you can. And every good decision, every decision you make that's better than your opponents give you, gives you a small advantage. But it doesn't necessarily come off. So let's say I, you know, I... I play my hand, better hand than you, and we get all the chips in. I can still lose because there's there's luck involved. And I think it's the same in FPL. You can make choices. You can you know look at the stats. You can watch the games. You can make really really good you know things, and you still might not do well because sometimes you know you get unlucky. And I think that's a similarity. And I think you know you have to sometimes look beyond the results and just try to focus on making good decisions. And if you do, same in poker. And in the long run, you'll do well. And you see, you know, you see great managers have bad seasons. But if you look at all their seasons, they still do well overall. And I think, you know, that's the big similarity there. I like it. Yeah. So there's a little insight into into the the hotbed of FPL that is Norway. Finally, Mike Malkai. Sorry. Yeah, I've got it wrong. Uh, I think my season is on the beach at this point. What is the oddest thing you have done in a game week 38 in seasons past? Nothing. I'm, I'm incredibly boring. I just always try to make good decisions. So I don't do, I don't do stuff even in 31, I think. So Iceman, tell, Iceman, tell the story about how you captain Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott, that was exactly what I was thinking about. Theo Walcott and Giroud in Game Week 38, I captained on the last day of the season, yeah. and they each provided me with a hatch. So, yes, I'm still uh, I'm still living on that one. But we, for, we forgot to answer the question, is Salah must for the remainder of the season? It was a three question. Oh, yeah, let's come back to that. And the answer is no, but it's a good choice if you can get them in. But it's not a must, I think. No, see, I mean, like he went for the the penalty, wasn't it? He obviously went over for that, which everyone thinks he dived, but I kind of think I like, almost had to. But he was dying to to actually take it away, and obviously Milner took it away from him. And he just seems to be really eager for goals. I do think he wants uh, the gold boot, and I do think that is a factor, maybe clouding what he's doing a little bit as well. But he is the the top point scorer. There's a reason for that. It's because he's really good. <laughs> and, yep. you know, they, they have good fixtures in terms of Huddersfield at home, Newcastle away, and then Wolves at home. He could get a lot of goals in that. But he hasn't been doing it that consistently. It's just been the odd goal within the last couple of weeks and assists. So he's not been scoring the highs, which we really want him to, like he did in game week 18 to 25, where it was 12, 12, 12, and 11, 15. That's when you really wanted him. Who knows? He could produce that form again. So... Yeah, if you're willing to just kind of almost gamble on that and bring him in, you kind of you would expect points from him. And if he didn't deliver with that price tag, you'd be really gutted. Hacked off. Right, chaps, that's all the uh, questions covered. So it's time for the Iceman to take a break. Thank you very much. Be right back. Okay, welcome back, Iceman, and uh, let's... Oh, hello. I was just saying thank you. (laughs) Oh, great chemistry. (laughs) Um, So, let's talk about our transfers and our captains for this game week. Uh, Sigurd, in the fallout from the uh, the double game week, what direction are you going to be going with your transfer and who's your skipper? 
Yeah, so my skipper is going to be Mane, most likely triple captain. I think I think I'm looking at saving my transfer. I'd have to start either Loren, which I'm not happy about at all, or Ducore, but I think probably just start Ducore, home to Wolves, and bench Lorente, and, and then have two transfers for the 37, which gives me you know options if I want to bring in United players or someone else. So I think that's probably what I'm going to do. And the questions are just what... What defenders to play and things like that, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's what's most likely. If I, I think that if I could bring in Mitrovic without a hit for Lorente, I would, but the yeah. price is just too too different, so I don't think it's worth a hit. So I think probably a saving. I actually like that move with Mitrovic. I'm quite tempted by him as well if he was affordable, but I can't afford him. Um, so who are you captain? So you're captain of Mane. So yeah, on yeah, it's Mane captain. Um, yep. So my moves, sorry, Billy, my moves are very complicated with, with me at the moment. I was set to remove Ericsson and move Lacazette for Salah and just one of these strikers in terms of maybe I was looking at Ings. I did think about even bringing in Lorente if I was removing the Spurs player. I've looked at the likes of Grant. Uh, Calvert-Lewin was another one playing for Everton, should start. And uh, Jeremiah, who's an Everton fan, says he will get one goal and one assist towards the end of the season, so that put a little bit of hope in me. Yeah, there's a few of those options. There's no one really reeling me in in terms of those strikers, though. So I could do that. Ericsson out and Lacazette out for Salah, but... Looking at the Ericsson numbers uh, recently, I was good. He is top for chances created over the last four of 19, uh, second to Salah for shots on goal in the last four as well. So, you know, Spurs, they didn't do too well against Brighton, but he did get the goal against Brighton. So I don't really want to remove him. So potentially I'll be removing Yotta and Lacazette and then bringing in Mane. Again, it will be, I'll have to spend 5.5 a striker and that will be my decision. I'll have to mull over for a little bit. I don't normally play the game like this, but that could be the better option for me in terms of my my rank because Mane is actually owned by 50% of the uh, top 10k whereas Salah is only owned by 25% of the top 10k so technically that's kind of shielding my my choice there and I'll probably captain Mane if I brought him in I do think that either one of the two have a potential to, to get big points so uh, I just think that Salah will probably um, has got the highest ceiling, as we mentioned earlier. So I'd rather bring in Salah, but I don't want to lose Ericsson. So I've got a bit of a conundrum on my hand. Either way, I'll probably be captaining the guy I bring in. Although I have been tempted by um, Sterling against Burnley because they do seem to concede even when they're doing well. But it's more more than likely be Mane or Salah. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I'm pretty settled on uh, Mane. I'm probably going to spin the triple captain chip this week on him. I really like that. To be honest, my, my fallout team from the double game week has been too bad. So the only thing I'm probably going to look to do is to get another player uh, from Liverpool in, someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold or maybe Firmino. So we'll see how the week pans out before I do anything like that. The more Liverpool, the better, I reckon. Just fill it, fill it up with Liverpool. Yeah. Fill it up. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, before we we go any further, let's just go through our uh, FPL Surgery Mini League. So we're going to be looking at the top 10. And in that top 10, we have in 10th place, Ian Clark with Aggressive Attack Force. 9th place, we've got Alan T Club 64. 
Uh, we've got a new name here, eighth place, Serenity Nail, uh, Joachim Alstrom. Really sorry about that. Wow. <laughs> um, Sporting Milwaukee, we've got CJ still in seventh place. Uh, we've got Dunkin' Donuts, Henry Wakefield in sixth, Adida Oscar, Nate Thomas in fifth. It's as you were pretty much in this top five. The Goonesons, Kalon Huey in fourth, Sky Player and FPL Paul goes third. Full of flair, Richard Jenkins has dropped to second, and the man trying to give up Fanta is still doing it. Michael Taylor is uh, is the picture of consistency this season. Back on top of our mini league uh, now with a ten point uh, cushion, so very very impressive. He actually sits thirty fifth overall in the world. Yeah, and he didn't play his bench boost this week, and he did start all the Brighton assets as well. Yeah, he's uh, he's got twenty eight points off Brighton. He got that Delafeu seventeen. So he's actually outscored me of 11 men. So well done. <laughs> he's done really well. And also, that's I did, hard. <laughs> I did have a, uh, a red Fanta this weekend. I did it thoroughly. So I can well, see all that. I'm going to say is good luck trying to give up that because uh, Michael's <laughs> having an absolute nightmare at the time, but not an FPL. So what a Michael flying towards the FPL, the, the FPL surgery podcast trophy at the end of the season. When I say trophy, I do the merchandise. Yeah. Getting hot at the top. Right, uh, let's go into the feedback box and see what's there. Well, I can tell you it's Big Bry, and uh, Big Bry says, I'm a Patreon to show my appreciation for a couple of my favourite people. Iceman and Bully are dedicated and really nice blokes and deserve every success. And I'm going to read out all of the hi- the uh, hashtags right up there, up the pod, sexy thoughts, Icemandia. That is a lovely piece of feedback. And uh, Mike Jemski underneath us. But men, not enough like them around. Very, very kind feedback there. Wow, yeah, really appreciate that, guys. I was blessed when I saw that uh, tweet come through. That was brilliant. Thank you, Big Bright, and thank you, Mike. Thank you, chaps. Yeah, much, much appreciated. Thank you for all your support. And, and to all the listeners, really, um, for continuing to support us week in, week out. Keeps us motivated. It keeps uh, the Iceman up at night uh, doing all the editing. And, uh, yeah, makes it worth it. So thank you very much. Okay, so I want to thank our guest, Sigurd, and absolutely brilliant. Thank you for having me. I have enjoyed it, and um, it was, you know, it was great fun, and let's have an amazing game week. Yeah, if people want to uh, follow you on, uh, follow your podcast, follow you on Twitter, you know, how can they have them get in contact? If you want to follow my podcast, you have to learn Norwegian, but to follow me on Twitter, I usually tweet in English, so it's at FPL President. You find me there, and I appreciate the follow. Excellent. Okay, yeah, so uh, loads of good information coming out of that. Iceman. Hi. I'm not going to ask you for any uh, any wisdom, because I'm going to give some first. Yes, if you want to get in contact with the FPL Surgery, you can first uh, support us on patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. You can join our mini league if you want to be in the race for the top prize, 225-369. Not too late to join yet. Uh, you can visit our website, fplsurgery.com, and you can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Reddit at the usual. Uh, we're on Twitter at FPL Surgery. That's where all the fun happens. And you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Uh, you can also email us, uh, info at fplsurgery.com. I know some of you will be wondering about what's happened to our Finding Extra Time podcast spin-off. We're still very much thinking about it, sadly. Poor excuse, we just haven't had time to record anything. But with the season coming to an end, I'm sure we'll be doing a little bit more of that in the summer months. So we haven't given up and we very much believe in uh, in what we're doing with that podcast. Yeah, that is when I get back from holiday as well. This is my last podcast for the season. So 
I just want to say thank you listeners and I appreciate all your support. I will be back for the season roundup, but Bully will be here with a few regular guests and uh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing them actually. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So, we, absolutely, yeah, very much looking forward to uh, catching up with some old friends from the FPL community. Um, you will be a huge loss to us, Iceman, but I'm sure we will try and do you proud. Uh, and I'm sure if we don't, you will tell us very, very Definitely. candidly. Definitely. Um, but with that, I can't let you go about some wisdom to get these uh, these FPL listeners through their final game week. So anything, surely. A morsel. Always Captain Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sigurd's done it for me. You know, I think that'd be a great way to end the podcast. So on that note, thanks for listening and, uh, and good luck in your game weeks. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Hey. Chaps, you're hard. Looking forward to listening. Huffield, the new walls now. No, doesn't make any sense. Right, let's just go with this one. Hold, hold Beach on two boys. Hold on two secs. That noise. What's that? What noise? I can hear a noise every so often. Hold on. That. Yeah. <laughs> that is the dog's that is the dog next to me she's dreaming <laughs> oh, what is that noise she's having a little dream next oh, to me she's dreaming about doggy treats oh, all sorts alright uh, ca- carry Triple on we'll just, we'll just leave it in <laughs> <laughs>